Disrupting Japan, Episode 36. Welcome to Disrupting Japan, straight talk from Japan's most successful entrepreneurs. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening. Today, we're going to talk about the evolution and the disruption of the photography market in Japan. Not the photography equipment market, mind you, that's already a familiar story. We're going to talk about the business of taking pictures. Yuka Fuji started Famary in early 2015 as an online marketplace to match freelance photographers with those who want to use their services. Now, at first glance, this seems like one of the many Me Too business models we see far too often in the startup world. But there's something uniquely Japanese in this story. You see, For the past few decades, a handful of photo studios have created a virtual cartel in portrait and studio photography. Yuka and I talk about how changes in both the technology and the demographics of the market have weakened this cartel and left them ripe for disruption. But I don't want to give too much away. So let's get right to the interview. Okay, so I'm sitting here with Yuka Fuji of Famari, a e commerce site matching photographers with customers. But actually, Yuka, I'm sure you can explain it much better than I can. So why don't you tell us a bit about、okay. Famari? So, if, if I make it easier to express, then it's about the crowdsourcing of、uh, photographers. That's pretty broad, but you've gotten rather specific. You're dealing with、uh, wedding photography. Yes,、right? now I start with a wedding. In Japan, most weddings are sort of package deal. You've got the wedding studio that、mm-hmm. arranges the food and the venue and the photographer, and they, they lock all of that up together. So, how do you get around that? About 70,000 couples、uh, getting married every year in Japan. Right. Half of the couples, they Most of them they take the actual day wedding photography,、mm-hmm. and half of them they do the pre wedding photography, which is like taking photos before wedding. So,、oh, so you're focusing、mm-hmm. on this pre wedding? Yes,、segment. mostly. And so,、mm-hmm. where do they go to some romantic spot with、yes. a beautiful backdrop and take pictures and nice exactly. clothes? And, yes, okay. Exactly. For the actual wedding,、uh, most of the couples they take the photos through the,、uh, all the wedding venues. Right. For the pre wedding photography, more than half of them they search by themselves to、okay. take photos. So, like, they do、uh, internet research and, or maybe like ask their friends. One of the most interesting things about your business, about Famary, is, is the backdrop of the changing nature of the photography industry here. Yes. How do people usually look for a photographer? You're saying they're, they're asking friends and recommendations. How are you reaching them, I guess? My users are kind of like、uh, early adapters, and then most of them they find us on the Instagram. On Instagram? Yes. Really? So do they find a particular photographer, or、um, do, are you just actively <coughs> posting these are the top 10 wedding、mm-hmm. photos from Okinawa? Or? Yeah, we are posting a lot of photographers'、uh, photos, but they find us because we do a kind of like a promotion. And、okay. then, like、uh, many couples, they want to join this campaign, so they share it on, the, on their Instagram. Interesting. So,、yeah. Instagram's been your main marketing channel. Yeah. That、yes. makes, that makes a lot makes, of sense for what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, we're、though. not like investing any money to promote, but I get a lot of、uh, users like 
every day. You founded Family very recently, just just this year you launched, right? Uh, yes. So how how has your growth been? Until now, until one month before, we didn't have a lot of users yet. Once we started this promotion, the the Instagram promotion. Yes. Before that, it was kind of a. I think it was very difficult for the users to find their favorite photographers and like. But now I make it like a package, and then like the price is the same, and then I just recommend like ten photographers, so it's easier for the users to choose. How many customers do you have in an average month, for example? Do you have actually we have like hundreds, hundreds bookings in one month okay. so far. Now, now one thing that strikes me about this particular model is. It wouldn't seem like you'd get a lot of repeat users because mm. people get married. Yes. Well, not very often. Are you planning on offering other types of services, other types of photography? Yes. Of course, that it's, the wedding is like a starting of the family. Right. So when they start their family, they want to have the kids, so like they can have the pregnancy photos, and then after that, it's a baby photo, and then like family photos. Okay. So I can have the different services like. Uh, family for wedding, family for family, family for baby, something like that. Wedding is kind of like a, the photographers should be like really professional, mm-hmm. but uh, for the family or you know baby can be like a kind of like amateur or like semi-professional photographers. We talked a little bit before about how the photography market is changing, and how something like family probably couldn't have existed ten years ago. In Japan, for because like a magazine. Was like published very long time ago, and also um, camera or you know equipment was more expensive in before. Mm-hmm. So uh, most of the photographers are organized by the studio or some kind of agency. Right. Mm. People when they want to go for shooting, like family shooting, they go to their local photo studio and take photos. It's much much cheaper now, and you can just like. Uh, take photos with only your own camera, so which right, is more. The, the equipment is getting yeah. cheaper. Yeah. There's more qualified photographers, yes. but until recently, the studios still controlled the business. Yes, but nowadays, uh, people start to hire their own photographers, like even the wedding couples. So, uh, photographers are now they're finding it easier for them to be independent. So now with the the photo studios mm. with their their business declining, so right now what's their their main business? You know, Studio Alice mm-hmm. is still is a big player for baby or kids photos. Still, the people think of the photos they go to Studio Alice. Studio Alice is yeah. the big one here yeah. in Japan. That's right. Yes, yeah. and also for the wedding, they just like go to the big companies now. So still, that these companies are making money,、mm. it's still growing. The market is still growing. So it's okay, but I see that、uh, there's a chance, and there's a studio can no longer. What I've heard from the actual people、mm. who are using these is that the the quality is just not that high anymore.、Mm. That's、um, true. The photographers are on like a a basic salary,、mm. so there's、yes. no incentive for so, them to really yeah to excel at their job. Yes, because.、Uh, When all the local photographers like have their own their own photo studio, they were like kind of like craftsmen. <laughs> so、right. so like they capture their photos and like they didn't know how much they cost, but、uh, consumers just paid for it. But because the studio artists 
uh, take over the place and they make it very cheap and and everyone take all the same photos like even if you're <laughs> not a professional you can take photos you can just have a good background and like have a lot of uh, costumes and you know any any like part-time jobs can take the same photos right that's the that was the revolution like that was a big change but now it's couples they, they want a different kind of photos depends on what they want so what is the main thing driving the business away from the studios and into services like family is it the desire for more control by the the customers is it price is it a desire to be something a little different I think we can say both but uh, most important thing is that uh, quality the quality yeah quality so if I make it only like a very cheap price I can do it also because I have a lot of photographers now and I know when they are available mm -hmm. so so if, if they are available like three three days before then it's okay to accept a bit cheap price. I can control the price if mm -hmm. I have a lot of photographers. Um, I can make it a reasonable price for shooting right, for, right. for the consumers. But right. it's not the best thing I, uh, I'm doing. The best thing is I'm doing is that um, <coughs> freelance photographers make a lot of effort to, you know, have a higher skill and you know, to catch up the trend and hmm. try to understand what the couples really want. And, you so know, it's just a, better, things, a yeah. better experience overall? Yes, yes. So you think these studios are going to be going out of business? <laughs> so I can take over the place. I okay, think. good. Yeah. Yes, yay, disruption. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about you for a minute, because you've had kind of a, a, a crazy personal history. You've lived <laughs> all over the place, from, from the Mideast to Southeast Asia. Do you think living in different places gives you a different way of looking at problems? Do you yes. think it helps you generate new ideas? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Most of the time I spent um, my life in Japan, but I spent uh, about three years in Dubai yeah. and uh, two years in Hotsumi City and about two years in Singapore. So, yeah, the experience there has a big influence to me. Let's see, you were involved actually mm. with some wedding-related businesses both in Vietnam and yes, Singapore. Yes, yes, so, so this is kind of a, a theme with you, yes. isn't it? For the business side, uh, yes, um, being in Vietnam and Singapore influenced. I mean, it's kind of my original idea came from, you know, this uh, experience in these two countries. I was working for the wedding magazine company in Japan, so I know uh, briefly about the Japanese wedding market and then I was in the Hotsumi city providing the wedding information for the wedding couples in Vietnamese wedding couples. Vietnam is a very young country so there are so many people getting married and they spend a lot they focus on spending a lot more and more money into the wedding so because I was ex I had the experience in the wedding market in Japan I thought oh this is a very uh, potential market in Vietnam. So do it again in Vietnam. Yeah yeah is the wedding industry, is it just a particularly good business? Is it something you're particularly attracted to or you just, you know it and you see a lot of opportunity there? Yeah, yeah. I, I saw a lot of opportunity there in Vietnam. And in Japan as well? Mm, Japan is, uh, if, if only about, about the wedding market, that uh, wedding market is no longer grow, growing. So, of course, that so many uh, companies, wedding companies also wants to launch in different countries like in Asia because the you know, population is growing, market is growing. 
So why did you target the wedding market at first then? Uh, I was working for the recruit, recruit company. You don't know which section you're going to be. So I was just like uh, coincidentally um, joined this wedding magazine section. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I like wedding or you know, I wanted to do some business in wedding, but I, was, I had the opportunity to, to look at this market. And I, when I moved to Vietnam, I also thought that because of my experience, this is a very you know, potential market. And then I was like here <laughs> in 10, month, uh, 10 years, I've been doing business in the wedding market. So even though in Japan it's a smaller and declining market, you decided to make that the, the core of the business at first because you had uh, good connections in the industry? Yes, that's that true. I mean that it's not small, it's declining, but it's very big market still. So I thought it's easier for me to start Japan in, from Japan and then like expand it into different countries later on. So you have plans on expanding into, into Asia, into yes. where? So first can be like inbound marketing, which means like uh, Japanese people want to go to like Hawaii or you know Europe countries for pre-wedding photos as well. So I can also match uh, these photographers living in, uh, in foreign countries. I'm already doing that now. And also because I have a lot of photographers here in Japan, so I can also attract other um, people in Asian countries because they love to come to Japan. I also have some inquiries already like from Hong Kong or Taiwan or you know Singapore to come to Japan for pre-wedding photos. And then if I can understand more about the market, uh, in Asian countries, then I can maybe do uh, Asian countries to Asian countries, or so Asian countries to uh, European photographers, or you know, okay. different photographers. Interesting. So. You strike me as someone who's always been very independent. Is starting your own company something you always knew you wanted to do? Mm, I think so because um, I, I was thinking about it when I was like it was like ten years ago. Or Really? Yeah, I, I used to do like a very, very small business in college time. Like I was publishing these free papers and I interviewed a lot of entrepreneurs when I was in college. I, I was very interested. I, I read a lot of books. I, I like to think about the business structure and all this. When you, when you, finally, when you finally did it, was your, was your family supportive of it? Mm, they were worried, but they're supportive as well. What were they worried about? <laughs> they do not understand. Uh, what re I'm really doing or what I'm really thinking <laughs> because it's kind of crazy sometimes like I go to like you know Vietnam or Singapore like yeah but they're supportive so I've, I've been in Japan for more than 20 years now the change in startups has just been fantastic there's a lot more people starting companies and there's a whole lot more women starting companies in Japan mm -hmm. Do you think that there are opportunities for women in startups that don't exist in large companies or in traditional jobs here? I don't think so. I don't think there is a, like a difference, even if you're in a startup or in the big companies. Of course, that um, you, you try to take an advantage doing business, right? Like mm -hmm. even if you're in a Singapore, you, you take advantage as if you're a Japanese, right? So it's the same thing, like. If you're women, then like uh, if you can take advantage, you take advantage. But so how would you take advantage? How do you use it to as an advantage? So it depends. Like it depends in, on the situation. <laughs> so like um, I think that uh, usually you don't have any chance for taking an advantage. But sometimes like if you're featured in the media or I don't know if you can make uh, I don't know stronger impression to the investors or the use for the I don't know other people. 
So you think the fact so, that so it's, it's it, it makes like, it more unique? Yeah, and yeah, that's that's one of the things. Of course, because I'm doing the wedding business, I'm in the wedding business, so uh, women takes control <laughs> in the ah, wedding. Okay. So of course <laughs> that I can understand more about the users. So are most of your customers are women then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that does make sense because the women, like you say, they are taking control of this yes. process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even if you're taking like kids' photos, I think the women, or, you know, mostly the women, decides the photographers. So. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, I'm sure you're right about that. Yeah. Running a company is something you've wanted to do for a very long time. It's something you've uh, been iterating on for a while. Now that you're running Family and it's growing strong. What what surprised you most about running your own company? I knew that it was hard. It's hard, but uh, and knowing and experiencing is a different thing. It takes more time than I expect. <laughs> 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 I expected more fast growth. Ah, okay. Yeah, I thought it's I can make it faster, but you know, <laughs> it takes time. Yeah. yeah. So it takes time means that it takes mon- uh, it it costs more than you expect. Right. So, yeah, so of course... I know what you mean. Even if mm-hmm. mentally you know that the current growth is probably about right, it's very frustrating to have to wait for it. Yeah. <laughs> what, what do you enjoy most about it? I enjoyed most of the time. Yeah? I really enjoyed. Yeah, but the uh, g- very, very good thing is that it's a very happy business. So I can listen to this um, user's voice and they're all happy with my service. This is a really encouraging thing. I can I have all the comments every day and I Actually, read it. that would be nice because you yeah. you're working with people at some of the happiest times in their life and they like yes. your service. So it's, really? yeah, I could and see that would be a wonderful. Photographers, the personality of the photographers, like they're really nice. Like because if you're the photographer, you don't think about only about yourself. You want to really uh, make someone happy. So that that's why that they're doing this, you know, job. So everyone is really nice, and I really want to help them. So I just say like I feel that I'm doing very good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and just a much nicer experience than working in investment banking or something. <laughs> <laughs> in in becoming a a CEO of this new company, what was the most important thing you had to learn? I'm still learning every every day. I have to. I have a lot of things to improve. Working with pe- other people is the most important thing. Oh. So I want to make a company like you feel every day. You feel very excitement. You feel excitement to come to the office every day because they they think that they're doing something good, or because they're they think that they're they they feel like contributing something yeah. like to to other people. So I have to make the business profitable, of course. Otherwise, that you're you cannot continue this com- thing. So, you've started companies in several different countries. So I think you'll have a unique perspective on this. But what advice do you have for foreigners coming into Japan to start companies? It's I think it's really difficult for foreigners, especially for, for to come to Japan because uh, Japan is a very special, unique market. I think because I I know that uh, wedding market in different countries, but uh, Japan is the only one country that uh, has a different custom and different business structure. What kind of cultural things do you think that companies coming into Japan should be aware of? What advice would you have? They, they have to think that Japan is really different from the other Asian countries. Like yeah. if you think about Asian countries, they think that it's the same thing, but 
actually Japan is like a really different country. So you'd, you'd yeah, say they should know they, about it first. Yeah. They'd, they'd have to really study and understand the local. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Not just the local market, but mm. the customs and yeah. the traditions yeah, behind it's tr- that. Yeah, it's, it's totally different. Well, what do you think that Westerners misunderstand about Japan? They have uh, different rules, I think. They have different rules? Mm. They do business with a connection. For example, in the wedding market, wedding venue controls everything, but right. they always charge when, when you want to bring in your own wedding gowns because they have the uh, connection already with these uh, wedding, wedding dress shops or uh, wedding photography company already. So, so you think a lot of it's foreign companies don't understand that mm. these, these connections mm. are, are there and that, they, that yeah, it's not yeah, easy yeah, to yeah. sell into them. Because if you think very simple, you, you can like, uh, just propose them with this uh, efficient way of uh, yeah, thinking, that but actually <laughs> it doesn't work because it's different, <laughs> and they do uh, they d- they do not follow something logical well, business. I've, I you have know. seen this. I, <laughs> I have seen so many so many foreign companies come into Japan. They'll go in. They'll have great meetings mm-hmm. with Japanese companies who really love their technology and seem very excited. They say that it's good, you know, it's good. And then like, they don't, they refuse at last, right? <laughs> oh, and, and they mean it too. They honestly think yeah, it's great yeah. technology, but they're not going to buy yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's kind of, they're already the system or they already have the, uh, you know, different rules already. It's it's better to fix it, but actually it doesn't fix they won't very, be fixed. very easily. No. Yeah, it's very difficult. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. A lot of great business mm. models in the US and Europe look great on paper in Japan, but they can't execute it because of these tight-knit groups. Yeah, Maybe it happens in Vietnam as well, but in Singapore, no. It's more easy, I think. The, the other side of that mm. is that usually those tight-knit groups, if you can disrupt that market, there's a tremendous amount yes. of money to be made. Yes. But the foreign firms, or Japanese firms, should not They just think they're easy, right? Well, they should know what they're getting into. And yeah. if there's a big reward, it might take many, many years to, yeah, to crack yeah. into yes, the market. Yes, yes. So you're not you know, ready enough to do that. If you come from the outside, you think that it's easy and you know, start doing it in a, in a very easy way. But you, know, you find out, oh, it's not You're surprised really you easy. can't make sales. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let me ask you my magic wand question. And that's if, if I gave you a magic wand and said you could change anything about Japan, the education system, people's attitudes, legal system, anything at all, mm-hmm. to make it better for startups in Japan, what would you change? I think education. In elementary school or you know, when the kids are smaller, way of thinking will be kind of uh, fixed before 10 years old. So kind of like mindset education is very important. So what, what would you change? Is it too mm. much uh, memorization now? Yeah, that's one of, one, of course. Discipline is also, of course, a good thing, but uh, too much discipline. Too much discipline. <laughs> so what, what should they loosen up about? What, what parts of discipline should, should Japan make a little more free? They, they shouldn't have rules which is not reasonable. They just say no without any reason sometimes. Like teachers, like if teachers say this, then you should do that. You don't like tell them the reasons. Ah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's kind of people you need can to say think about the reasons yeah. behind yeah why we do things. Yeah, I think uh, actually all of Japan would certainly benefit by starting to think about the reasons behind why we do mm. things. 
Excellent. Well, listen, Yuka, thanks so much for sitting Thank down you. with me. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> nice. And we're back. I love that Yuka considers family to be the happiest business in the world. And considering who her customers are, I think she just might be right about that. Yuka's advice for foreign companies coming into Japan was excellent. Most of the time, when you see a market that looks like low-hanging fruit, when you think you're about to cakewalk your way into major market share and industry disruption, you're in for a surprise. You are almost certainly about to run head-on into some kind of cartel or invisible barrier. You'll have great meetings, prospects will be impressed with your offerings, and give you sincere praise. But you'll struggle for a long time to gain meaningful traction. It's not impossible, of course. Yuka knew exactly what she was up against, and it took her longer than expected for the cracks in the wall to begin to show and for her business to gain traction. But now, it looks like things are about to take off for her and family. If you have an experience trying to sell into a locked-up market in Japan, Come by disruptingjapan.com slash show 036 and tell us about it. Or drop by the Disrupting Japan Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. And when you drop by the site, you'll see all the links and sites that Yuka and I talked about and much, much more in the resources section of the post. And I know you've been really meaning to go over to iTunes and give us an honest review for some time now. And now's the perfect time to do it. It's really the best way you can support the show and really help us get the word out. But most of all, thanks for listening. And thank you for letting people interested in Japanese startups know about the show. I'm Tim Romero, and thanks for listening to Disrupting Japan.